Fatheads, you're tuning in to another episode of Cigar Chat, broadcast live around the world and picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. I'm your host, John the Cigar Surgeon, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, or at least it seems these days my co-host, Trippy Trent. Trippy, what's going on, brother? Not much. I think it. I think it's seeming like a kind of permanent thing. A little permanent we'll thing? See where, yeah, we'll see how it's, see what where happens. it takes us. So, of course, uh, we are joined by our very special guest tonight, Jack Tarano of Tarano Cigars, back in back in style, back in the place where he started it all. It's got to feel good to be back, Jack. Feels great. Feels great. Feels great to be on the show, and, uh, and thanks for having me, guys. Well, it's always a pleasure having you on. You know, this seems like the, the time of the year where we're kind of ramping up, obviously, for the IPCPR um, so we, you know, it's been a, it's been a hot minute since we had you on last and, you know, there's been a lot of changes. So, um, maybe the best place to start is just talk about, you know, this is, this is kind of the first full year back for you back with, with the baby you started. Um, so maybe we can just sort of t- talk, tell the audience how that, how that year has been, you know, we were talking, uh, pre-show that, uh, you've got something like six trips before you land in the IPCPR. So you've been busy. I've been busy. I've been busy. I just celebrated my uh, my one year anniversary back with the brand, and uh, and it's been a it's been a great year. I mean, uh, beyond anything I could imagine. You know, I, I I truly fought hard to get back to the brand, and um and was always in contact with the the guys at General and and uh, beg, borrow, so whatever I had to do. I had to I had to get back to the brand, and and it took quite some time. Um, but I never imagined how amazing it would be. I mean, this is truly uh, an, an incredible group of guys that I work with now, an incredible staff. I mean, it, it, it takes a little getting used to because um, a lot of uh, decision making that is 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 company wide now. We're in Tarano and in Duran. <laughs> Let's just do it. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot, the, the the help is is unbelievable now, and and you, know, you got to learn to. to to, to take the help, you yeah. know. So um, the year, the year uh, with the release of uh, Vault, the Purple and the Green, the Exodus at the show last year, uh, Blue and Yellow Vault came out uh, in end of January. It's the price point of these cigars has been incredible. The, the marketing and the branding and everything that that the general has done um, has been right on point in my book and. Uh, they got great plans for the future, and you know we'll be hopefully in uh, in the near future rebranding some of the legacy uh, lineup that we had: the Predicate Blends, the Exodus 59, the Cameroon 1916, the Exodus 50 Year, uh, the Casa Tarano, which is still one of my favorites, um, and 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 all that stuff will slowly be uh, be injected back into the portfolio. So I'm, I'm, the future is bright. I'm very happy with uh, the way things are. Nice. Well, I know one of the one of the big things that was talked about at the show was the uh, the update to the packaging. So there's a you know I think what a lot of people would say was a pretty sharp update to the packaging because you know the packaging, especially for Toronto, was a, sort of a very traditional old school packaging. And I would say you know really a 180 degree shift to a very brand new and current uh, bright colored packaging. How how has that been received? I mean, you've you've been all over the world this last year. It seems how's that how's that packaging being received to the stores? You know, they it, it vault with the price point of the vault and that bright packaging and that really the vibrant colors and the Exodus has a lot of nice color to it. I mean, it really has done what it was meant to do, which, you know, Tarano had fallen off of the minds of, 
cigar consumers really at after after the sale in 2014 and it kind of just laid flat for 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 over a year i mean with this packaging and this this new 360 degree direction or 180 degree direction that 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 they took it in really put it back into the minds of consumers whether they were talking about its likeness to another brand or <laughs> that i won't uh uh or just how much it popped on the shelves or the great price point consumers started talking about it smoking it enjoying it and it's really doing well you know and i'm, I'm trying to hit just about every uh region before the trade show as i told you with my travel and and uh some of the ones that i haven't been able to hit in the in the first year to to really um you know get some events going and boost some some sales in those areas but but everywhere i've been going everywhere i've been traveling to it's been uh it, it's been a home run. I mean, they, every, the consumers have been amazing. The retailers have been great. It's I couldn't be happier. Well, I know I've, I've been talking to a lot of manufacturers as we lead up to the IPCPR, and I think one of the one of the themes that was resonating was this idea that uh, we kind of got into this this uh, pattern of behavior where everyone was focused on what's new, what's new, what's new, and forget. You know, you're mentioning reintroducing people to to some of the Taranios and. You know, it's it's kind of like taking people back and saying, "Hey, remember this cigar? It's really good. Try it again for the first time, but not really the first time because you used to love it, and it's 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 almost like you need to reintroduce people to a brand that they they used to buy all the time, and you know, kind of get them out of this mentality of of what's new, what's new, what's new." Well, absolutely, it'll it'll be a reintroduction to a lot, and and with this new packaging, Tarano's got a lot of new consumers that don't know about that past. That don't know about those great blends and and you know with with the the amazingly uh the uh, the amazing stockpile of of well-aged tobacco that general has these cigars are going to be better than ever the exodus 59 which was a top five cigar in cigar aficionado in 2005 i mean that blend is just going to be out you know now the general's making it it just it just pops more to me it's just so much better to me and uh and and a lot of consumers that weren't aware of those things, you know, there's been a, a steady growth in cigar smokers in the last four or five years. Yep. That, that mm-hmm. I still go to a lot of Absolutely. places. And even though my family started in 1916, I still get a lot of people that tell me, Tarani, I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we just, we just kicked off uh, 101 years ago and, you know, happy to hear you haven't heard of us. Yep. <laughs> just last week, you know, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard of that brand this summer since I started smoking. But it's it's always nice to see, you know, that influx of new cigar smokers. I always tell people, you know, it's great if you've been around for a while. It's great to act as an ambassador to say, you know, it's kind of fun to take somebody around the humidor and say, look at all these great brands that have been around for a while that are solid performers that they haven't had a chance to try. And uh, to me, that's kind of fun taking a new smoker through through some of those. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... That, that's really enjoyable at an event and and you know i do events at a lot of stores that not only are carrying the new lineup but they're carrying a lot of the legacy brands in the old packaging and to turn on some of the new new cigar new Toronto fans to that whole lineup um is, is really cool to, cool to me so absolutely very- trippy how are we doing for uh audience questions comments feedback because we are broadcast live on facebook and youtube right now so there's lots of comments questions Moticons. Uh, we we don't have any yet, but I, I do think it's interesting, like the whole what's old is new again thing. Like the FDA kind of forced that in the industry. And I think 
uh, unless we see a huge change with the FDA, that's the way we're going to see things going, is reintroducing things that people liked and maybe discontinued or just forgotten about and bringing them back into the forefront. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, listen, Taranio, we've introduced six brick and mortar um, blends to the market in the last year and two internet blends. So there's really eight new cigars out there. So this year we're, we're, um, we, we kind of have a mission to, re to really get a good push in with that vault lineup that we have. We're, we think it's a solid lineup with vault and Exodus. And then next year, little by little, we'll be introducing the, uh, the legacy brands. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think already the, this year, you're not going to see that many new releases out there. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think they're kind of, they're sort of a thing of the past. Anything that's coming out now, obviously, had been predicated. So can you talk a little bit about the vault line? I'm smoking the E021. You're smoking my favorite of the four, which is, uh, it's, it's that, that vault blue um, that's got an Ecuador Sumatra with a Connecticut broadleaf binder. And it's got a little bit of Dominican Biloto Guano in the filler, which really rounds it off and gives it a little uh, sweetness along with that spice. I, I think it's really complex. I'm, I'm hoping you're enjoying it. But it's, yeah, it's I like it. Really my favorite. The Vault Yellow came out along, along with that one, which is a mostly Honduran blend with a Nicaraguan um, sun-grown Jalapa wrapper. Uh, again, to me, it's, it's the one that's on the lighter side of medium. Uh, but since everybody's palate's different, some feel that that yellow is the strongest of the bunch. Um, I don't get that. I, the yellow to me is, I enjoy that in early afternoon, early morning cigar. Um, and I'm not a strong cigar smoker, but I, I like that on the, I favor that on the lighter side of, uh, of medium. How are you? <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in the hallway of a restaurant right now. <laughs> um, Last year, the purple and the green came out. The green is a Nicaraguan puro. So you got that nice, you know, spice of that Nicaraguan tobacco. The purple is the, uh, the, the, the Maduro of the bunch with the Mexican San Andre wrapper. And then the Exodus, the new Exodus, which was supposed to be really the 100-year anniversary cigar. But uh, they hadn't brought me back yet. And it's, you know, Taranio is really 100 years of a Taranio in the industry. So they kind of went away from the labeling that cigar the 100-year anniversary. It would have been great if they did. Um, but that cigar has got that nice Honduran Osa wrapper with, again, a nice Connecticut broadleaf and a three-country blend filler. All of these blends have a lot of complexity to them, and I couldn't be happier with them. The, 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 you're looking at, at any of the vaults in the 450 to $6 range at retail, not in Canada. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll still hit at those prices. It'll hit a good mark in Canada. Absolutely. And, uh, and, uh, and the Exodus is just like a dollar more than that. So really affordable, which is something Toronto has always been. We've, we've never been that $10 above cigar. We've been the seven, eight, $9 stick. And, uh, and, and I, you know, it, the th the, all of the cigars are being made in Nicaragua, which is the STG factory, which is the old Toronto factory. So, Again, what is old is new again. Huh. They, they, Charlie and, and, and his dad sold that factory to STG in 2008. And uh, our cigars started being manufactured elsewhere. And now they're all back to the place they were originally manufactured. So, so it's, it's 
a lot of a lot of cool history going on there. Yeah. Cool. Go ahead, Trip. Uh, before I just want to interject before you say something. Bob Langmaid says he thought that when when he heard that door open, he thought that was your soundbite of the vault opening. So you could talk about the vault cigars. It was. <laughs> <laughs> totally planned. I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> Let me open the vault. Yeah. I know that uh, just, just a few months ago, uh, two of our uh, mods here at Cigar Federation had an opportunity to go down and visit the uh, general facilities. And that was uh, Jared and Logan, and uh, we did a show on that. And you know, I think it was a bit of an eye opener for them. They are, you know, what I would classify as tobacco geeks. But to hear guys who who have been, you know, down on trips in different countries and seen different factories, yet they go down and they're still raving about it for weeks and weeks and weeks afterwards. I mean, that that tells a pretty impressive story about not only what you guys are doing right now, but certainly what's what's going to be the the future for your company. Well, well, I got to tell you, when I when I went down there. I got hired end of May, and about seven days later, I'm at the factory at the national sales meeting in uh, the DR uh, with the entire team, and I was blown away by that factory. Yeah. I mean, it, it you know, the, the things I heard coming out of I, I heard all about it from, from different, different bloggers, different media called me after that trip to talk to me about, uh, about Regis and about the staff over there and about you know, how they were treated and, and, and we were treated the same way. So I knew exactly what they were talking about, but the operations over there, it, it is, it is incredible to see here. My vault door is about to open. <laughs> <There it is>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get another cigar from the vault. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it was cool to get feedback from, from, from Logan and Coop and, 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 uh, and, and a lot of the other guys. On, on how well they were treated and how blown away they were by the factory. Because, it, it, you know, when you go down there, and, you know, it, through the years, you've heard the different stories about General Cigars and how they do things. And, you know, they're not the boutique. They're a big, bad general. And when you go down there and you see the operations, it's, it's second to none. It's not this, this factory just pushing out cigars. The care of the employees there, the quality that goes into that work, the organization there. Is, is is truly second to none. I mean, and there's not many factories you guys can go to that all all the employees, all the higher ups there that are taking you for those tour speak English. Definitely not. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was uh that that's a, what another thing that blew me away there. I mean, I'm I'm bilingual. I can speak Spanish to them, but you know, I I was blown away from Johnny's Diaz to all these guys that are they're fluent in English. Yuri, you know, these guys. It, it was like shocking. I'm used to Nicaraguan factories where nobody speaks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was very happy to, to get the feedback from that trip that Logan was on. Nice. I miss Logan. Don't don't say that too loud. You know he'll uh, he'll he'll take that to heart. You got to You got to bag on Logan because he's not here. That's that's what we do when Logan doesn't show up for cigar chat. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, Logan. Logan and, and Rob at the time came to visit me at Duran in the office, and, uh, and and Roberto had a bottle of Cuban rum he had just brought back, and and the three of them got pretty messed up. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know they missed every meeting they had after that. So. <laughs> well, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get into that a little bit, uh, talking about the IPCBR coming up, but I do want to take a moment and remind our audience. 
You are tuned in to Cigar Chat, broadcast live around the world and picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Cigar Chat is broadcast on CigarFederation.com, YouTube.com, and now Facebook Live. Please stay tuned for a word from one of our sponsors. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvania, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaraguan available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. And we're back. Uh, so uh, we're, we're talking a little bit about rum uh, as we kind of went to our ad spot there. And uh, Jack, we were kind of talking uh, before the show started. I was mentioning, you know, since I saw you last at the IPCPR in Las Vegas, uh, kudos to you. It looks like you've lost a lot of weight, but we were talking a little bit about uh, the, the sort of double-edged sort of Vegas, you know, long hours, uh, lots of great eats, lots of alcohol. That's not really conducive to a healthy lifestyle. No, no, no. And, I, and and again, like I told you, I was doing really well till I went on vacation. Me and my wife went on vacation to Spain, to Madrid and Barcelona. And that's not really conducive to, to healthy eating either, even though they, they, they think it is over there. But you know, <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was a lot of food, late nights, and pretty much what the IPCPR is, and a yeah. lot of walking. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose if you're uh, if you're over in Spain, they you know it's probably a bottle of wine with every meal because that's just kind of how things operate there. Every meal's got to be paired with either a port or a wine or something. I was drinking beer. I'm a beer guy. Oh, okay. Well, there's you know there's a lot of that. My wife was drinking wine, but I, I discovered this beer over there called La Virgen, the Virgin. Alone, I was in, I had probably had a, a more than a case of that. And I, and I, <laughs> What, uh, if you don't mind me, we're totally off topic, but that's okay, because uh, Logan's not here to keep us on track. What uh, what style of beer is it? Is it lager, or is it Pilsner? Or? It's a Pilsner. Oh, it's a Pilsner, okay. Yeah. I know somebody in the industry who would be all over that. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, kind of looking forward to the IPCPR. So, this is going to be your second IPCPR uh, with Tarano. We were kind of talking about, you know, the. I think one of the things that always... I don't know if the surprise is the right word, but I think, you know, the, the general booth as a whole is, is a finely tuned operation at the IPCPR. And first of all, it's massive. And I don't think people really have a scale of it as we walk through because we kind of do our little sections, but the, the scale of the booth is incredible. And then the operation of each individual booth is incredible because there's sort of an open concept and uh, you know, you're, you're almost kind of a little blown away. So do you expect that things are going to be changing a lot for the booth setup this year? Or, you know, where, where are you at, I guess, in that process? Cause we're, we're really only what, six weeks out now for the IPCBR, not to scare any of our audience members. <laughs> I, I, will, I, will, I will tell you in the Duran days and in the old Tarano days, I was heavily uh, involved in creating the booth. I may be as surprised as you guys, <laughs> but I see when I get there. Blown away last year with, you know, I really never hung out in the general booth. I'd walk by. It was a bit scaled, wide open last year. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, to me, coming from, from Duran the year before, it was, it was just massive. Um, I, I, I don't know. I've been traveling so much that I haven't even heard anything about what it's going to be like. You know, I know, I know, I know there's going to be a lot of great surprises. 
I know there's going to be a lot of uh, cool stuff that I don't want to uh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes and you know talk about Rick stuff or Sean stuff or anybody else's stuff. But yeah. it's going to be a lot of surprises and and I know we're hosting that that opening night party, so that'll be pretty cool. Okay, great. Um, I'm sure we're I'm sure we're on the list for that because uh, you know we're. All right. Well, we'll get we'll we'll talk to you after the show and make sure we're on the uh, the list for that because we're we're organizing our calendar and it's uh, you know if you know, only Victoria, Victoria wouldn't leave you guys off. No, no, she's <laughs> we're we're giving. So for those who aren't aware, Victoria is the. Uh, I mean, she's got a lot of responsibilities, but she does media coordination, um, and uh, you know we're giving lots of love because we're saying one of the nice things about the general booth is it is enormous and it's a little daunting, but. Uh, Victoria manages to run it like a like a well oiled machine. And I was saying she she must have some Swiss in her because uh, you know things are on time to the minute, precise in and out, boom 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 every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was amazing the way she was moving around the media, and and and, and they weren't missing a beat. They weren't missing a step. They were getting to everybody. It was it was uh, pretty impressive to see. So Victoria up at her game. I'm really happy she's on board. As are we. So looking forward to the IPCPR, uh, I think one of the questions, and I don't know if you saw this, uh, Jack, was they were talking about, obviously, the next two years, presumably, are going to be in Vegas. Hopefully, I mean, we are secured through 2018 for the IPCPR. But they were kind of asking members, where would you like to see the IPCPR? Now, obviously, you've been around for a long time, and you've been to the IPCPR before it was the IPCPR. Um, so having been in multiple cities throughout the United States in an ideal world, and, you know, I think keeping it in the continental United States is probably makes the most sense, but where would you like to, you know, what is your ideal place to have a, have a show? That's if there were no smoking bands. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Chicago, baby. Chicago. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see it back in Chicago. Um, you know, it would probably easiest for the industry if it was, if they'd ever throw Miami into that mix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah. I think Miami would be pretty cool. Uh, I, I wasn't a fan of new Orleans and I, and nobody I was, was, wasn't a fan of Orlando. Um, you know, I, I, I do, my wife doesn't enjoy Vegas. She's not going with me this year, but I, I kind of enjoy Vegas. So I, I don't gamble much, but great restaurants. Everything's pretty close by. It seems that more of the industry comes out for Vegas. More of the retailers come out for Vegas. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think centrally located would probably be the best thing. If if you're going to move it somewhere, you got to look somewhere central because I know a lot of people from the East Coast don't go to Vegas. You know, and and when it was in Orlando, a lot of people from the West didn't come. So uh, we thought New Orleans would be would make the big difference because you know it was it was, albeit south, it was centrally located and. And it wasn't that didn't blow anybody away. No. Yeah. I mean, so. I think new Orleans is a, I mean, it's a lovely city and there's a lot of really great food, but uh, you know, I think the consensus, at least from my mind was the fact that you're, you're talking about July in new Orleans and uh, no one who's sane wants to be standing outside July, in new Orleans smoking. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy time. I don't want to be standing outside in Las Vegas in July. <laughs> well, what, what was it last year, Jack? It was like a hundred and I think we hit 147 or something. In, like it was just, <laughs> it was insane. It felt like it. I actually did not leave the hotel until the day after the show. So, so, uh, I, it was all air conditioned for me. And then, and then it was a rude awakening when I left the hotel, uh, me and my wife, <laughs> 
<laughs> damn, and went went turning around, and it was uh, God. Uh, it's a dry heat. Yeah, sure, it's a dry heat. Those so my oven. I don't sit in there. Exactly. <laughs> but but uh, but the, I I you know listen. Everybody knows that January is a slow month for not only the cigar industry for any industry, but it's so ex- it would be so expensive to put that show on in January. Yeah. To me, that would be the ideal. IPCPR in January would be the uh, the ideal ideal time and place. Really, anywhere you could put it then. Except Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, as a Canadian, I certainly wouldn't be too thrilled to fly out of uh, Calgary to Chicago because it, it, you know, I get out of one airport and land in another and go, have I gone anywhere? Cause the weather in Chicago in January is uh, very similar to, to Calgary. I mean, you can get some warm spells, but uh, it's miserable. I'll, I'll definitely second uh, IBCPR in Vegas in January. I'm hundred percent behind that plan. Oh, I'm happy I'd to get away from the snow. In January, those hundred and twenty dollars rooms are three hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. So it's 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 not really feasible, but so we'll have to suffer with uh, with July. But listen, I'm I'm given the choice that the IPCPR said they sent out. You know, what's your choice between Orlando, New Orleans, and Las Vegas? That's a no brainer to me. It's Las Vegas. Yeah. And and I mean, I agree. I, I think you know, like Vegas. I think maybe it's gotten a bad rap because I think Vegas has undergone a, a lot of uh, transformation the last few years as the, as the money has gone away from gambling and they've realized, Hey, we need to have other things that attract people. And you know, I think the high end dining experience in Vegas has certainly skyrocketed. There's a lot of really great places to eat. The hotels are, I mean, you, you stay at a hotel in Orlando and you stay at a hotel in Vegas and you think you're getting a heck of a bargain in Vegas comparatively. So, you know, it's, it, I mean, flights are cheap. Hotels are reasonable. Lots of food, lots of options. What I mean, you can't have everything, but that's that's pretty close. Uh, yeah. Other than the heat, it's pretty good. <laughs> well, don't they have the little uh, when you go to the rum bar? They have the misters, which mm-hmm. that's right. Don't do much. <laughs> I'll I'll be honest, Jack. I don't go to the rum bar for the misters. The misters just you know between you and me, that's not why I'm at the rum bar. Just leave, leaving it them? leaving it that before I get myself into trouble. All right. Um, so, you know, looking forward to the portfolio, um, for the IPCPR, what cigar do you think currently within the lineup? Cause you know, you know, vault has gotten, I think a lot of praise and a lot of love, uh, certainly in online cigar media. Uh, a lot of the bloggers have, have really taken to the vault across the entire lineup really. Um, but what is it, do you think the cigar that you'd like to really see, get a lot of attention within the current lineup, focusing on what, you know, what is out right now? On the current lineup, including the legacy brands, including the legacy brands, I, I, you know, general asked me this question. The guys there, and 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 I think the next one is the, the Casa Taranio. I, I I want that repackaged and re-released. And the Casa is, you know, the for a few years it was one of our best sellers. It's a, one of the best Connecticut's. Not only because it has the Taranio name on it, it's one of the best Connecticut's I've ever smoked. And I think, you know, the. Everybody says they love strong cigars, but 60, 70% of sales are, you know, medium to light cigars. And I think the Casa repackaged and re-envisioned would, would be a home run. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm pushing for. And again, the Exodus 59 after that. Exodus 59 has a huge following still. And uh, a lot of people have a lot of good memories of that cigar. I have a box uh, sitting. Do. Yeah, I have a box sitting five feet from me, and I love the '59. I mean, that was that was probably thinking back. That was probably one of the first 
cigars that got me into buying a box because at the time, um, and still really they're, they're reasonable cigar, you know, certainly looking at the market price, they're very reasonable cigar, especially for what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, that's the bread and butter of Tarano has always been that right around eight, $9 cigar, you know, or below that. Or below I, that. I think, I think the tribute is the only cigar that really hit over the tribute and the, and the reserve of selecta because we had it in a glass tube was over $10, but nothing else. Just take a quick second to remind our audience, you are tuning in to Cigar Chat, broadcast live around the world and picked up in the Armed Forces Radio Network. Cigar Chat is broadcast on YouTube.com, Facebook Live, and of course, CigarFederation.com, which you can find all our reviews and our live channels every week. Stay tuned for a message from one of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today and we're and we're back hey we're back we're back uh, i found carolee martin hi carolee hi carolee they're hostage all day <laughs> I, I can't show you the other person because they <laughs> they'd kill me so <laughs> can i show you that's dennis everybody say hi to dennis <laughs> hi dennis hey dennis this is my ashtray all right trippy okay. how, how we doing with the uh the audience questions comments feedback for this for jack here uh, we, we've got a lot of views and a lot of likes, but not too many comments. All right, audience members, get your questions, comments, and feedback in there. We're talking with a uh, legend in the cigar industry here, and I'm, I'm surprised there's not more. I think, you know what, I think it's the summertime. Everybody's out, uh, everybody's out barbecuing and smoking, and they're not. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they they we'll, want to we'll watch. a lot of questions tomorrow when people are watching while they're at work. Exactly. Come in and chance to win a box of cigars. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that certainly uh, that change has certainly affected a program like ours. Is uh, you know, unfortunately, we can't incentivize that anymore, which is a bit of a drag. Yeah, it is. A, it is a shame. We used to have a lot of fun and uh, on these shows, giving away samplers, and you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people are in areas that they're they're not near brick and mortar stores. So yeah, it's, it's always uh, to hook somebody up like that, and under the under under the the environment right now, you can't do that. Yeah, it's a shame. Getting back quickly, uh, Jack, because we were talking just before the break about the Casa Trano and Connecticut's. And uh, I, I mean, obviously, I'm in the retail end of the spectrum now. So, you know, I certainly get to see uh, retail trends versus, you know, maybe what the cigar geeks out there, the cigar bloggers out there uh, are kind of focused on. And and obviously, as you said, 60, 70% of the market is is the, the light, medium, minus category. I mean, that's where the bulk of the interest in. And, and I've run into plenty of people who say, you know, I don't even go to medium. All I do is I smoke light, light plus. Um, and, you know, I think we saw certainly within the portfolios last year, it seemed like that, you know, everybody was coming out with not even uh, what I would classify as a boutique Connecticut shade, but really going back to the core of sort of rounding out their bland, their brand with a Connecticut shade. And I mean, you've had that all along. That's been kind of a staple of the portfolio. Well, even the guys and and I, I and all the events I do, I mean, even even the guys that that are are now have gravitated, they're graduated to 
the stronger, more full-bodied cigars. You know, I, I, I always tell them, I said, so so what did you start with? You know, and it's the they all started with some sort of like Connecticut or Macanudo. Macanudo. Yep. They all started it uh, with that. And, you know, now they're they're gung ho with medium, medium plus. They don't smoke anything else. And I said, but you know, think about it this way: you're 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 hurting yourself because you you learned and you you kind of learned the cigar industry on that cigar. The Macanudo Golds find a great cigar. Any of those Connecticut's. But you, you didn't have a refined palate. You didn't know what the hell you were smoking, what you were tasting. You didn't know anything about it. Now that you've learned how to smoke strong cigars and have graduated to that flavor profile and that, and your palate has matured, you should revisit some of those lighter cigars you started with because you're going to taste in things that you never knew were there because you're, you have a refined palate now. And they're like, wow, you know, I'm, maybe I will try that. But... But don't just give up. Don't just think that you you start mild, you go to medium, you go to medium plus, and now you're a full bodied guy and the hell with everything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of went through that in the last couple of years where I did get to a point where it was all, you know, just strong, broadleaf, abano wrappers. And in the last two years, probably, I started smoking more Connecticut's. And now I keep Connecticut's around all the time because if I want a cigar in the morning, I absolutely want something like a Connecticut. And some days I'll go two or three days where I'll only smoke, you know, kind of milder cigars just to kind of reset my palate. And you really, after the first day of that, you really get so much more enjoyment out of those lighter bodied cigars that, you know, if you're smoking them back to back with something really strong, you're not going to enjoy it. And I think a lot of people mistake full body and full flavor. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of mild to medium cigars that have on the flavor side have so much more flavor notes and so much more complexity than just a full blownly Harold bomb that you're, that, that, that you're going to get, it's, they're, they're one dimensional. You're going to, you're going to get green by the end of that cigar and you're, you're going to feel, but, but you're not going to get the taste the nuances you would get in a, in, in a full flavored light to medium cigar. Yeah. And I think the Casa Tarano is firmly in that kind of territory where it's very mild but it's packed with flavor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, I would definitely echo what uh, Trip was saying. I mean, I'm a, I'll smoke the, you know, just we're talking about whiskey pre-show and I drink the entire range of whiskey. Well, I certainly smoke the entire range of cigars, everything from, you know, really, really light all the way up to, uh, you know, you're sweating by the time you're halfway through the cigar. And uh, just the, in fact, just the other day with, uh, with uh, my employer, we were having lunch and he said, you want to, you know, want to smoke a cigar and, you know, do I want to smoke a cigar? What kind of question is that? And uh, so we laid out a bunch of cigars and, and I reached for the Connecticut shade. And he said, you know, why, why are you reaching for a Connecticut shade? I said, well, you know, it's halfway through the day. I just had lunch. I'm not really feeling a really strong cigar. I don't want to, you know, I really, I don't want to get the sweats at uh, 1230 in the afternoon. And uh, that's kind of perfect for my palate. And I'm going to, you know, I could potentially still have another cigar later in the day that's more full-bodied if I want, or even another Connecticut shade. And my palate's not going to be completely jacked for the entire day absolutely yeah if you're the kind of guy that that frequently smokes more than one cigar a day once you've smoked that full-bodied cigar you can't go back <laughs> you're past the point of no return you can only go fuller yeah i know i can i mean listen it's either i got i got a buddy uh lewis cuevas that just put out a, a connecticut shade uh that I really like too, and 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 I had a bunch of those at my house. So it was either the Casa Torano or that Casa Cuevas, Connecticut, every morning with my coffee. 
and then I would work my way up. But you can't go the other direction. Oh, I've, I've actually got a review of that Casa Cuevas, Connecticut, coming up. Uh, yeah. I really liked that cigar. Yeah, and you, I mean, you really, great great family. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, Jack, you really, I mean, you're really almost cheating to pair a Connecticut shade and a coffee. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, that's, that's a no brainer to start the day. You can't go wrong with that. Coffee is the perfect pairing for any drink. Coffee is, coffee is, is it everybody, you know, there's, there's whiskey guys. I'm not a whiskey guy. I'm not a bourbon guy. I'm not, I'm I'm a beer guy. So, I, I'm I'm not into those pairings, but coffee and a cigar just hits the right note. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Trippy. How are we doing on audience questions? Did we manage to kick the beehive there, or are they still? No, the, the, the bees are still in the hive, man. Still in the hive. Unbelievable. Right. See, now I don't, I don't want anybody to ask a question. Don't <laughs> I want to be. I want to go through the show without a damn question. There was a comment. Somebody commented on the vault door. That that. Leave it at that. Maybe uh, I'll I'll ask you a question that I don't think I've asked you before, Jack. We've talked, you know, more than more than a handful of times. What's what's been the most enjoyable tobacco, like the particular type of tobacco for you to work with? You know, we, you talk about the vault, and we're kind of covering the whole range of wrapper tobaccos. But what's been the most interesting or, or enjoyable tobacco for you to work with? And to me, and and a lot of people either love it or hate it. But when we um, we put Omotepi in that vault black, oh yeah. Mm. Uh, that Omotepi just hit the right flavor for me. I love that tobacco. I I, I love. I, I I can't get enough of it. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a blender, but uh, I've I've had the chance to mess around with Omotepi quite a few times, and I I agree. I think the aroma and the flavor. Um, but you're right. It it's um it's a strangely um, radicalizing tobacco where yeah, you get it absolutely like, is. like, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, raisins and baking. You've got the camp that love it and you've got the camp that hate it. And there doesn't seem to be anybody in the middle. I mean, there was the same thing. I mean, I had a great time when, when I was, when I was working with Sam, Sam LaCia and when he was, uh, doing that black blend with a Kentucky fire cured and, uh, and I, the flavor of that cigar was pretty amazing to me too. In the right, you know, Sam, Sam, <laughs> Sam did a good job putting just enough of that tobacco in the filler yep. that it didn't power the cigar. So you you got that smokiness, but it wasn't too much. And 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 watching Sam work on that was was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and it. I mean, that is definitely uh, that is, talking about the fire cured tobacco. That is definitely the the one tobacco where a little bit goes a long way because uh, that oh, yeah. can rapidly overwhelm. At least you know my oh, limited yeah. experience with it rapidly overwhelm a cigar. Yeah, I think I think I think that, and I think that happened with KFC in the beginning, where they there was too much of it in it. Yeah, well, they kind of, they kind of yeah. back a little bit. I know they said they tried to use it as a wrapper, and it just was too overwhelming. Yeah. So you know, Peloto Cubano, uh, Omatepe tobacco. You've you've worked with uh, San Andreas wrapper. You've worked with uh, obviously a lot of broadleaf. Um, is there any, any other wrappers you think you'd like to explore? I mean, you've kind of got a full portfolio. Yeah. I think, you know, we've got the, the, the Havanos, the, the, the Corojos. We, we've got, you've got a little got, everything. We got a little bit of everything. Um, the, uh, the interesting thing about it, you mentioned Piloto Cubano is, is, and a lot of people don't know this, but if you, you can Google this, but, uh, my uncle Carlos Tarano, um, which was Charlie's grandfather. My father's brother is credited with bringing the seed from Cuba, and in the early '60s, when when we left Cuba, he took the seeds 
to the DR that became Piloto Cubano. Wow. So, so that that has a little bit of history with the Taranos, that that tobacco. So that it's in that blue blend that you're smoking is uh, anytime I anytime it's in one of the Taranio blends, it, it, it makes me happy. So, yeah. uh, so it's it's got a little bit of history. So yeah, you guys check that out. Cigar Aficionado did a big article on it, and it was uh, it was yeah, Carlos Taranio is is the man behind the Piloto Cubano. Well, you know, that's a good thing he was he was able to uh carefully bring those out because it, that tobacco has had a, an enormous impact on uh you know, not oh, just yeah. Dominican blends but blends around the world. Yeah. Yeah, that tobacco's got a nice little sweetness to it that that is that really enhances every uh every cigar it's in. Yeah, I I always describe it as um like when you put the um when you have a uh, what's the dessert called the creme brulee? When you put that toast in a creme brulee and it's got that character and you can't quite put your finger on it, but it's just got that one flavor that you like. To me, that is uh, Paloto Cubano. Is you, you know what it is, you can't really describe it, but you know it's there, and it's just that one flavor that tends to kind of anchor everything together, and it just uh, it's kind of magical. I'll tell you, you're pretty good at saying it too. <laughs> I, I've been, I've been, so, uh, this is not about me. This is about you, but I'm going to tell a funny story because, uh, I've been, I've been down in Nicaragua, like, I don't know, seven or eight times now I've been down to uh, Mexico. I've been down to Cuba five, six times now. And, uh, I said, you know, it's a little embarrassing for the, for the white guy from Canada, uh, to be down in Central America, be down in Cuba this many times and have absolutely no espanol so i kind of took it upon myself uh really late last year and early this year uh to use duolingo and try and get at least conversational espanol and uh you know it it works um you know i'm i'm not fluent by any stretch of the imagination but i can carry on a a reasonable street conversation in espanol and uh you know it uh i i kind of feel like it makes me understand the tobacco a little bit better i don't know i don't know if that's you know i kind of know what you mean because uh, I, I actually around the same time started learning Spanish. Uh, and so Bob Dog pinged me in our, our CigarFederation.com chat room and said, are you sure you can see the comments on Facebook? And it turns out we did kick the beehive and the bees responded, uh, but Facebook just didn't tell me. <laughs> well, before you get into those questions, Trippy, I'm going to have to take our last break and then we'll get into the audience questions because I know, uh, you know, if we get a question in there, we're going to go over our time. So I'm just going to quickly yeah. get in our last break here, uh, reminding our audience you are tuned in to Scar Chat Broadcast Live Around the World. And stay tuned for a word from one of our sponsors. The show brought to you by Drew Estate. Until June 30th, if you're a Drew Diplomat member, you attend a rewards program event and make a promotional purchase, you will receive a Liga Privada Velvet Rat. You'll also be entered to win a Drew Diplomat Pewter Ashtray, Mega Standing Ashtray, or the Swag Closet Humanor, dubbed the Divorcinator. All these products were built and designed by Drew Estate Subculture Studios. If you're not a member, download the Drew Diplomat app from the Apple Store or Google Play Store today. Drew Estate, they good. So we were just having a quick chat about uh, Espanol, and I was saying that uh, you know, for me, the key because because the uh, uh, the language you can pick, you know, the words you can pick up. I mean, that's just rote memorization. But for me, the the key was trying to get my pronunciation down. Um, and that's hard. I mean, I, you know, I, I I'm not, a, I, I can speak English fluently, obviously, but, uh, uh, I, you know, I try to listen as much as I can. And it's interesting listening to the different dialects, you know, there's, there's Mexican Spanish, there's Cuban Spanish, there's Nicaraguan Spanish, and every, every one of them 
is is very different. And it's interesting um, being outside of those areas and then hearing someone speak Spanish and trying to kind of pick up, you know, okay, that sounds to me like, uh, you know, Mexico Spanish and trying to track that down because there are very, very different dialects for the different regions. Oh, let me tell you, when we were in, we were in Barcelona and uh, the table next to me was speaking a language I was not familiar with. And I said to my wife, well, what are they speaking? And she said, that's Catalan, that's Spanish. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I mean, I spoke Spanish my whole life. I'm fluent in Spanish. I could every once in a while, they'd throw out a word that I understood, but it was rapid fire. And it, it was, I understood more Portuguese than I understood what they were saying. Wow. <laughs> All right, Trippy, fire off those questions. We got we got the beehive All kicked. Right. So, yeah, we've uh, got a couple here. Let's, let's rapid uh, so fire. Bob Dog wants to know what what exactly is the wrapper on the Exodus? On the new Exodus? Yes. It's a Honduran Osa wrapper from the uh, whatever Osa is that the region that this is grown in. It's a wrapper that is proprietary to General Cigars. Um, they put it on a CAO also once. Uh, they've used it as a binder. They've, but it is a phenomenal wrapper. And combined with that Connecticut broadleaf uh, binder that, that, that the Exodus has, it really brings out a lot of flavor in that cigar. Nice. And, and we've got one from Steve Christopher. Uh, and I think you kind of already answered this, but I want to know if your answer might be different for this specific question. Out of all of the general cigar portfolio, which one is your favorite? Uh, I assume it's one of yours. <laughs> you know, the Vault Blue is right up there. Um, I imagine the question is about not the legacy brands. It's what, what General has brought to the table. Mm -hmm. Definitely out of my brands, the Vault, the Vault Blue is up there. Um, Amazon Basin really resonated well yeah. with me. Um, the, the, the collaboration with AJ was... My favorite cigar last year, the Hoyo La Amistad. Yeah, that was magical. I mean, I, I even went uh, went as far as putting on Facebook when all all you guys were putting out your top twenty, top twenty five lists. That that if anybody has a top twenty five list that doesn't have this cigar somewhere in it, they need to re reassess their top twenty five list because that that Hoyo La Amistad. I mean, I I still I carry them everywhere I go. I absolutely love that cigar, and I think uh, AJ hit a home run with it. You know the I, you know, Giannini worked with him, and it, it was just a great, great, great blend. Um, Consigliere, I like a lot. This Punch Grand Foro. I, General has so many cigars. You know, the coolest thing to me was that I was never a General cigar smoker. You know, for one reason or another, you know, Taranio was a boutique. Duran was not even a boutique below that. But I, I would kind of gravitate toward the boutiques. So I was never a guy smoking the Cohibas or the, you know, any of the stuff General was putting out. So I have all these new little toys at my disposal now. <laughs> and learning that portfolio and how amazing all these cigars are has been so cool for me this year. I mean, every time I go to Richmond, Virginia, I, I sneak into the humidor there and just start plucking away at all the, the, all the different ones that I have. <laughs> and it's, it's a kid in the candy store all over again. All right. Next question. Uh, Bob Dog wants to know what aspect or flavor of a cigar is the most important to you when you're blending? Woodiness, sweetness, leather, spice? Um, I, I will tell you, and, and I, I, saw, I saw John Huber from Crown Heads. I saw a video with him the other day that he explained, you know, 
what his involvement in blending is. And my involvement has been very similar. I, you know, listen, I rely when I'm when I'm involved or or looking to create a blend, I rely so heavily on the factory work. You know, I will tell them what I'm looking for, maybe give them a wrapper that I'm interested in or mm -hmm. a flavor profile or a strength profile. And by the time we get down there, we have 20 or 30 samples to choose from. But certainly I'm no master blender and I'm not choosing leaves and going from scratch. By the time I'm involved in, in selection of a blend, you know, I've relayed what I want to the guys that know what they're doing. And, and, and they put it together and then we're selecting from 10 or 20 blends. We'll narrow that down. You know, it becomes choice by committee. You know, in the Taranio days, we'd sit around the conference room and it would be, you know, Charlie and my cousin Yaka and everybody there. And we'd <laughs> narrow everything down. And, but, but I mean, I think personally, I kind of select a wrapper leaf that I'm interested in and a strength profile because I think, I think you've got to have a strength to know what you're going to put in that filler. So, so mm -hmm. uh, I, I think the wrapper leaf to me is the most important thing. So let me ask a slightly different version of the same question. When you're smoking test blends, is there one particular flavor that if it's missing that that cigar, that blend is just out? Uh, I mean, I think, I think if it's missing a little, I, I, I favor cigars that are complex, the transition, mm -hmm. the change in flavor. If it's too... If we're halfway through the cigar and nothing has changed in it, it's out for me. I, I want, as that, that heat goes through that cigar, as it, as it moves through and the oils start moving through, I want some nice transitions in that blend. Yeah. And I want a little bit of complexity. If it doesn't have that, I, I'm not into these one-dimensional, you know. To me, that, that's a one-and-done cigar. I don't, think, I don't think it has mass appeal. I don't think, you know... You know, yeah, it was okay, but it didn't do anything for me type of cigar. So I, 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 I like a little bit of complexity. I like a lot, a lot bit of changes in flavor. Understandable. And then the last thing isn't a question. It's just a comment from Romeo Rory that says, I'm not scared. Romeo Rory sounds like he might be involved in general in some way or another. <laughs> he says he's not scared? Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Ro Romeo who? Romeo Rory. Romeo Rory. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess I know him. You he might. Has, I don't know. He has no reason to be scared. <laughs> I, I, always refer, I always refer to you, Jack, as a gentle giant because, you, you know, you're a, you're a very tall individual, but uh, I don't know that I've ever seen you without a smile on your face. Literally, I've never seen you without a smile on your face. Well, look, I, I got to tell you that, that there's a bunch of guys, Harrisburg Cigar Clubs and uh, a lot of these people that I come out and see, and they're smiling, Jack, smiling, yeah. Jack. So, yeah. Listen, I, I, everybody, everybody always, you know, listen. We work long hours, and we when we're on the road, and 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 there is pressure in this line of work. But truly, people say, you know, Jack, you're living the dream, and I, I truly am. I, I have a passion for this industry. I have a love for this industry. I, I there's no reason not to be smiling. Truly, that's a good everybody, outlook. It, you know, you, you'll get people that I don't like this type of event or multi-vendor events. I love them all. <laughs> I love being out there. I love being with consumers. I love smoking cigars. I, there, there's just not, if you just list all the different things in this industry, I love them all. I, I, there's nothing not to love about this industry and, and all the people, uh, all the people in it. So cigar people are good people. I think uh, Mango Joe Phillips told me that. 
Not wrong. At least, at least generally. Yeah. <laughs> I have, uh, I have a question. I, I, I think you've probably been asked this question before, Jack. But I know at a time when, um, you know, there seems to be at least in the, in the United States, is a push towards larger ring gauge cigars. And obviously, the the trap there is the more you go to a larger ring gauge cigar, the less the influence the wrapper tobacco has on the cigar. And of course, you're talking wrapper tobacco is the most expensive tobacco generally in on that cigar. Yeah. Um, First off, what is what is your thoughts on that? And second of off, for you across the entire spectrum of Vitolas, and I mean, these days there seems to be 150 different Vitolas, but uh, among the size of Vitolas, where is your go-to? If you're if you're looking at a range of your cigars, what's your go-to Vitola? 650, the Toro. 650. There you yeah. go. I love Toros. I'm not a 660 guy. I'm not a 770 guy. I'm not an 880 guy. I, I don't like those. And, you know, listen, they might be going away soon because – they weren't around before 2007. True enough. So, so uh, and 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 absolutely, I, I tell that to people all the time. I mean, you're, you you want you want to be true and and taste what the blender intended that blend to taste like. Don't smoke the 770. You know, smoke a nice the robusto, a Corona, a, a, a Toro maybe. But but that's at Tarano, all the test blends were were Toros. Yeah. So so. Uh, so Absolutely. That's, you know, and once you settled on a blend, all right, it had to be, you know, made to whatever Vitola it was. And if that Vitola was a 660 or a 770, you know, listen, we're, we're, we're not mathematicians. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, my experience, Jack, has been that normally you, you, you start when you're working on a blend, you start with a Robusto or a Toro, and then everything else comes out of that because that's kind of the anchor, the anchor Vitola for the entire range. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then think about it. Think about how much tobacco you've got to put in to get a 770 or, but the, the wrapper leaf still the same damn wrapper leaf. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, I laugh when, you know, I get a kick out of people telling me, you know, I, the 770 or the 660 doesn't taste like that Robusto. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Of course it doesn't, you know, like I said, you know, we're not mathematicians and, if you've been to the factory in Nicaragua, there's certainly not mathematicians over there. <laughs> if you're using a quarter leaf and a half a leaf and a three quarters of a leaf, and now you've got to translate that from a Robusto to a 770, good luck with that. Yeah, for me, it's always the, uh, I mean, not that I have blended big ring gauge cigars, but for me, it's the challenge is always going smaller. It's when you start pulling out those critical filler leaves. The math, uh, mm-hmm. the math between those leaves starts to get a little complicated in my head, and I'm not quite sure how to make that work. Yeah, yeah, that's why I love, you know, and I, I, I like them every once in a while. But uh, a nice Lancero, that exactly, mm-hmm. they're full of flavor. You yeah. know, the the blue one. Did you smoke the the robusto or the the, the little rock chop? Uh, this is the robusto. Okay, so there's a smaller one. There's a four and a half by fifty in that. A little flavor bomb. I, I just love that little cigar. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to hunt that one down. Yeah. That's a, I, it's funny because you think a guy as big as me with, you know, a 660 looks like a Robusto in my hand, but I don't don't like 660s. And and just to me, the the flavor, the intended flavor doesn't come through. I think I lost somebody there. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I, I, I got to remember who was in the industry that told me this, but it's a great line. And they said, Lancero's the absolute best Vitola that never sells. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's sad, but true. Unless you're in Texas. Unless you're in Texas, which is weird. Houston sells like crazy. 
which just seems well, like yeah. seems backwards. But uh, I mean, it probably just speaks to the uh, the expertise of a lot of the cigar smokers that they can appreciate and smoke a Lancero properly, so they you know go and seek out Lanceros. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it has a lot to do with the shop, um, and it's definitely a little bit more work for the shop to sell a Lancero to somebody who's never smoked one. Than it is to smell sell a six sixty to somebody who's only smoked robustos. And it speaks to how great and powerful that retailer in Houston is that really does well with them. That yeah, he can flat out tell anybody, you want to be in my store? That blend, I like it. Make me a Lancero, and they make them a Lancero. Yeah. So, so yeah. So uh, we're kind of wrapping up the uh, the show here, Jack. Uh, first of all, I want to say we're obviously very much, as always, looking forward to uh, spending some time with you. Uh, not only in the showroom floor, but uh, off the showroom floor, where we all get a chance to relax, smoke a vault, and uh, relax. Maybe, hopefully, on the rum bar. You know, I, I under know those misters. Rum... Yeah, under <laughs> those misters. We're, we're pretty excited. So that's coming up in, uh, like I said, I think it's just uh, six weeks away. Not even just under the six week mark. So uh, looking forward to see you there, and uh, very much appreciate you being on Cigar Chat. Uh, hopefully, we can have you on. Uh, not too long after the PCPR and kind of talk about the show and talk about uh, how things went for you. Looking forward to it. John and Trip. thank you. As always, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. So uh, thanks to all our Armed Forces Radio Network listeners out there, wherever you're stationed in the world, as we always say, you guys are built to do things we are not built to do, and we appreciate you out there protecting our freedoms. Hope you have a chance to have a great weekend, have some rack time, some downtime, and uh, smoke a Durano. Smoke a vault if you have the opportunity. Thanks very much and have a great weekend.